Hail, hail. Good evening, folks, and welcome along to the latest episode of the Endless Silks podcast, episode 130. Your Friday football and weekend starts here. And uh, my name is Anthony, one of the regular contributors on the show, Stepman for Stephen tonight. Uh, and I'm delighted to be joined by two fellow regulars. First up, uh, the re- the resident Michelangelo, Ross Muir. How are we doing, mate? I like how you always call me that, Tony. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if many of my customers will call me that right enough. Hi, I'm doing fine, mate. Doing fine. Looking forward to a wee chat about Celtic again. Uh, how's yourself? I'm doing very well, mate. We've just about recovered for the brilliant night uh, at the Bullfrog for uh, Boise Bus. Well done to him again. It was a fantastic night. Uh, but of course, uh, I was needing a couple of paracetamols on Monday morning, to say the least. Uh, and also back from his holidays, is it our good friend Andrew Dunnan? No, it's Franny Carty. How are we, my man? <laughs> Aye, all good, all good, Anthony. Nice wee family trip away up to, well, a place just after Dornock up the East Coast for a wee week in the caravan. So that was all good. We got lucky with the weather and stuff and a couple of games of golf. So happy days and like Ross said. That's that. So it's a uh, need to time to It is, it is. A little bit rest and recuperation. <laughs> now, welcome along, boys. As I say, it's a... Uh, before um, we get into the, the topics tonight um, on your Friday night, and uh, cheers to everyone who's uh, listening in and uh, watching along. I hope your bar's open as it is here, Endless Celts HQ. Nope. I'm on the bed, <laughs> on the coke. What can we um, Same old story on a Friday night. <laughs> but, uh, before we get, get into the, the sort of main topics, um, as you can see along the graphics, folks, we've got the Endless Celts Super Six. Uh, league code, which we're starting up with <laughs> the, the new English season uh, starting up. But I'm going to, um, as you can see, Stephen's put all the details along here. But I'm going to leave, hand you over to Ross to explain it because I've not got an utter scooby how it works. So over to you, mate. <laughs> um, aye, well, so basically we've set up a, an endless self Super 6 league. Uh, John's pinned the comment here. So if you want to join it, just basically click on that comment. The link's in it. You follow the link. Um, basically... If you've got Super 6 already, you'll be familiar with it. If you haven't got it and you want to join, you'll have to download the app and create an account. And then it's pretty much, it's quite simple. It's free, totally free, costs nothing. Uh, and basically the, the app gives you six games each week. You pick what you think the score's got to be in each game. If you get the score right, you get five points. If you get... They scored wrong, but you get the correct winner of the game. You get two points. And you don't need to worry about tallying up your score. Like that. The, the app does it all. And basically, it's just like a league table with whoever <coughs> enters it. And, and uh, just for a bit of camaraderie between the guys in the comments and the, the guys who are like the top dogs and that in the comments, we, we'll touch on it in the podcast after each round. Uh, the podcast following it, we'll touch on it and have a bit of banter with and that. So, I again, if you want to join, it's totally free. John's pinned the comment there. Again, if you don't have the, the app, you have to download it, create an account. If not, straight onto the link there and follow the instructions. Simple as. If I can do it, MD can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll need to... I, I know I keep saying it, but I will get it set up. I just... Uh, I'm absolutely brutal when it comes to technology, as you all know. But um, definitely, it sounds good. And we'll keep up to date with it as the season goes on. Uh, and maybe we'll maybe get some sort of cries for whoever wins it at the end of the season or whatever, but we'll look into that as the as time goes on. Uh, but moving on to the 
the subjects at hand uh, tonight, boys. And we're going to start on a little bit of a, a sombre note as um, at the start of the week, we um, received the, the sad news that yet another one of uh, Celtic's greatest ever side, the Lisbon Lions, uh, John Yogi Bear Hughes, um, had sadly um, passed away. Um, we always never realised quite where the, um, the nickname came from. We don't know if it's to do with the cartoon, um, you know, as, as in the cartoon, um, he was quite well known for terrorising a ranger. So we'll go with that. I think that uh, <laughs> seems pretty fair enough. Um, but John uh, passed away um, last weekend and uh, made a massive contribution to Celtic over the years. He scored 189 goals in 416 um, appearances, won seven league titles, five league cups, four Scottish cups, and of course, um, was a member of the side. They didn't start the match, um, unfortunately. He, he didn't make this, the squad through injury. Um, but John played a massive part, played five eight and nine uh, games that we played um, in the run-up to um, our greatest hour when we triumphed in Lisbon. He's one of only 29 players that have scored over um, 100 goals for Celtic. And as we can see, he was just shy of uh, reaching the 200 club as well, which when you consider that he wasn't an out-and-out striker is, is absolutely uh, phenomenal. But uh, I'm sure supporters of a, you know, a certain generation will remember his finest hour when it would have came in the 1970 European Cup semi-final, Celtic were holding on to a one-goal slender advantage uh, from Ellen Road when uh, against a, a team managed by Don Revy, widely regarded as the best team in Europe at the time. But we went down to Ellen Road 1-1-0, uh, but always expected um, normal service was to be resumed at Hamden Park, according to the, the usual Fleet Street English uh, media and probably one or two others uh, at the Daily Record. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, and Leeds United did start proceedings well. Billy Bremner scored a fantastic goal uh, from outside of the box to level the tie. But from then on in, uh, Celtic just took control and uh, John Hughes equalised that night to put us 2-1 up. And uh, moments later, Bobby Murdoch uh, secured the tie and put us through to our Second European final in three years. Um, he was a widely loved and respected member of the Celtic family. He was often seen around Celtic Park uh, in the years after his career um, ended. Um, and it was a very touching thing from his, his son on um, Twitter. I don't know if anyone had seen it during the, after the match on Sunday, where he, he said his last act before he, he closed his eyes for the last time was to <laughs> sing along with Grace um, on the TV in the pre-match build-up. And then he managed to give a wee finch pump, uh, fist pump, sorry, when um, Stephen Welsh headed home in very similar fashion to the way that Big John himself did uh, at Hamden in 1970. Um, you know, a tremendous player, um, much loved man as well. And um, his uh, legacy at Celtic uh, will live on forevermore. And just want to take this opportunity and wish on behalf of Endless Celts um, to pass on our best wishes uh, to all of John's family um, at this sad time. Okay, boys. Um, moving on. Um, none of the two, none of us were on on Monday um, due to holiday commitments and being rough as after uh, mm -hmm. the escapades of uh, Sunday night, shall we say? So, Ross, we'll come to you first. Just with a, a, a brief recap, since there's not been any midweek games, you know, we're already in the group stages. We don't have to worry about playing uh, any team that resemble a Wi-Fi code and a qualifier <laughs> this year. Um, <laughs> we say about that the better, but. Um, so, you know, our last action was Aberdeen opening game of the season. Uh, what was your take on it? Um, 
Well, without stating the obvious, I, I thought we started the game very well. <laughs> <laughs> 1-0 up, two minutes. Stephen Wells gets his goal. It's a great bit of confidence for the lad. Uh, again, I, I don't know if he's going to be a regular starter, but once again, he's in the team, he's playing, and he's he's not putting a foot wrong. I mean, the odd wee moment, but nothing like... He's no being a bomb scare. Do you know what I mean? He's doing a job, and seems to like him. Uh, Sort of controlled most of the first half. Uh, then uh, it's just like what Angie's sort of alluded to after the game, saying that we, we pretty much weren't clinical enough. And you could put it down to early season, but again, he put that to bed and says we should be ready. Uh, but I controlled the first half. I, I felt never, I didn't think at any point, bar the Johnny Hayes chance, which he, he should have, he should really have took. But even then, People say it could have been a different game. For me, it would have been a different game, but Celtic would have stepped it up another gear and still put Aberdeen to bed. Uh, Jota, again, played very well. Uh, I'm sure we'll touch on that later on. But um, aye, I, he had a few shots. People, I've heard people saying like oh, they need to take more shots and stuff like that, but Jota was having a few shots. There was a few shots outside the box. They, they were wavered. Do you know what I mean? That's what happens. But then they get forgot about and people think they've not been taking shots. But then Jota comes up with that moment of absolute sheer brilliance. That's why we've paid under the odds the six million, eh, whatever it is, six million points on to get to, to give us moments like that when you're 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 the game's on a knife knife edge in terms of the scoreline. He comes up with a brilliant moment, puts the game to bed, three points in the bag, flag day, perfect start. Beautiful uh, TIFO for the fans all around the stadium. All in all, almost a perfect day, I, I would say. Couldn't agree more, uh, Ross. And Michael, I don't know about yourself, but on a, on my way to Motherwell that night, uh, on Sunday night, we uh, had BBC Sports sound on, and um, part of the, the panel was, it was Willie Miller, uh, was there obviously for, for the Aberdeen side um, point of view, and Chick Young was the, the pitch side reporter. And Wally Miller could not understand where Chick Young was coming from. To, to, if you were to listen to Chick Young's match report, it was almost as if, as, as, as Ross says, that the, the game was even Stephen and could have went either way. Um, but apart from a brief period, I didn't think Aberdeen threatened at all. Um, and even, you know what it's like when you're at these games sometimes? Yeah, there's always going to be a, a period of time in the game and the opposition are going to have the ball. But there's times you can sense a goal coming. Personally, being at the game, I, I, I never sensed that at all from Aberdeen. Um, and Ange and Jim Goodwin, to be fair to him, seemed very puzzled um, by the Chick's line of questioning um, on the day. Um, Jim Goodwin was almost of the opinion, you know, it's still pre-season for them, essentially. Um, and they just didn't get up to speed against Celtic. But to argue that it was anything sort of a, a one-sided affair um, is, is just nonsense, really, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Total nonsense. Like, not seen the stats. Maybe you, if you look at the stats of the game, Chick, Chick Young could maybe make an argument for it being an even Stevens game. I, I say I, I don't know the stats of the game and stuff. So, in that sense, you could make an argument. Um, 
Thanks. That's me. Come on, mate. See you later. I'm out of here. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, Franco. I think the first thing Russell said to me and Ross was like, where's, where's Franny? And he's like, oh, he's, he's on holiday. He's like, ah, fuck you, then. <laughs> I'll take that to the grave with me. <laughs> um, I spit, no, watching the game back, it was it was anything but, anything but an even game. Um, like you say, Anthony, there's times when you're, as the game's dragging on at 1-0, and certain occasions you're like, well, fuck, the opposition maybe get a wee bit of confidence and you can maybe sense a goal coming for them that you think that are just going to end up throwing away the three points, essentially. But apart, like Ross said, apart for the Johnny Hayes moment, which I think he, he remembered who he used to play for and where his allegiances stood, because I, I, for the life of me, I don't know how he didn't tuck that chance away. <laughs> uh, but uh, there was not, not one moment I can think of and. Like I said, I we got off to the perfect start. Stephen Welsh, from an Aberdeen point of view, wasn't great defending. There was three boys around him, but Stephen Welsh has done well to hold him off and, and get the header away, and it's a really good header. All the same, and then Jota's goal, like Ross said, it's why you pay pay the big money for these type of players and stuff, to, to get moments like that when you're just needing to kill a game off and then move on. But yeah, we, we weren't as clinical as the manager and stuff want uh, thought we should have been so I wouldn't say I was concerned it's the first game of the season it's not something I've got to get overly concerned about but it, it would have been nice to score a few more goals to re- reflect on how dominant the, the performance was it was it was a really good performance albeit just not clinical but all in all flag day my favourite result a wee hassle free 2-0 I'll take it and move <laughs> on to Ross County <laughs> you know, funny enough, I was thinking that Franco in real time just as I was leaving the ground. I thought if Franny's watching this, if he's managed to find a pub to watch it, that's exactly what he'll be thinking. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, of course, you want it to be um, to be more than than two um, any any game, but if, you know, it's still the team's still coming together in terms of just getting that match sharpness up. I know Ange definitely didn't hold back in his post match um, comments, but I think that's just a nice, you know. Not maybe not so friendly reminder, but when this team, if Celtic had won five or six on Sunday, Aberdeen couldn't have argued with it. We just maybe didn't quite have our shooting boots on. But um, as we've seen last season, we know we we had high scoring games right throughout the season, and I'm sure once we're up to full speed, that will um, that will absolutely continue uh, under Ange. Uh, evening, Donny boy, and mm-hmm. uh, welcome along everybody else who's uh, joined in with the comments so far. Uh, Stevens, um, you know. The wizard the Oz behind the curtain here tonight. He's bringing up all the comments. So, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks to, again for everyone for getting involved in the show. Um, so, guys, as I say, apart from, obviously, um, the un- untimely death of John Hughes and, you know, the, the match last week, in terms of midweek uh, subjects, it's been pretty much a slow news uh, week, even on the transfer front. And the only sort of real main rumour um, that seems to have any kind of sort of weight behind it is uh, an outgoing move uh, at the moment uh, and it's, it's been rumoured from two or three sort of respected outlets that James McCarthy may be looking to you know, apply his trade elsewhere at Celtic um, I, I always find this the, the subject to James McCarthy a funny one because like everywhere else if you go into the comments on social media there is the, the, the usual good riddance and not good enough not Celtic class and I always just say you just put that into the the idiot file, um, but for me, I, I, you can certainly can't say he's been a success. 
But when McCarthy was signed, Ross, as you've often alluded to, it was a, a case of we needed bodies in, and McCarthy kind of fit the bill to, to an extent. But I always sort of seen him as a player that was going to... He's done exactly what I expected. He, he's, he's sort of filled in in terms of, you know, League Cup games, seeing games out for the next 10 minutes. He's never cemented down a place, but when you look at what's in front of him, that was always going to be a tall order anyway. Um, what's, what's your thought? Would you rather he, he stayed around for a while or do you see this as a, a natural end? It's not on my radar, mate. It's not on my radar. <laughs> 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 um, listen, if he goes, I, I can understand why. Because for me, on the face of it, like you've said there, there's a lot of guys in front of him. Well, t- well take for instance, the Mora. Hattati's out. Mm-hmm. McCarthy's still nowhere near the team for me. Yeah. So, and that says a lot. He maybe wants to get more game time. He's coming towards the end of his career now, so he, he probably wants to play as much football as he can. Um, so, if he goes, he goes with my best wishes. And like you, I, I think he's done exactly what I expected him to do. He's... He's been a bit. He's played a bit part role. Uh, when he came in, I was surprised. Like Stevens alluded to, hundreds, of, hundreds of times, a four-year contract. <laughs> I wasn't being sarcastic there, by the way. <laughs> 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 uh, a four-year contract for a thirty. Was it thirty-one-year-old? I think it was. Aye. Uh, so uh, it was a funny one, but I think it was uh, like we've said. It was a bit of, McCarthy wanted a long deal, Celtic needed a body in, okay, right, we'll give him the four years. It's not what we ordinarily would want to do, but we'll do it, stop gap for a year, then we'll see where we're at midfield-wise. If he, if he plays and he, he comes up to the mark and does what Ange wants me to do, then the four years on, on the face of it looks a good deal. But again, he's done exactly what I expected him to do and what most people expected him to do and if we cut our losses and he goes fair enough if he doesn't he can be a guy part of the squad that will come in and get us over the line in a couple of games shore it up if it's 1-0 with 10 minutes to go and we're not looking like we're going to get a goal and we just want to tighten up the game a bit he's a guy that can do that but aye again Andrew's alluded to in his press conference today about bringing in new signings and how he's strengthening the squad now and mm-hmm. as a whole, uh, as a collective. So, again, again, it's... I know he's already there, but if he goes, fine. I, I'm starting to waffle a bit now, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It, again, once again, if he goes, fine. If he doesn't, it's also fine with me. But he's not, it's neither here nor there it's not a player I'd be absolutely gutted about losing but it's not a player I'm ecstatic about, ecstatic about keeping I think that's pretty fair enough to be honest there with you Ross um, it's a transfer that I think our, our, our uh, friend of the show James P kind of alluded to during the week Francis I don't know if you've, if you've had the chance to read it yet he sort of alluded to the fact that it was a transfer that could have happened two or three times throughout his career. I mean, why we didn't take the the chance and sign him at the same time uh, in Jan- when he was at Hamilton. 
when Gordon Strachan was 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 wanting them uh, remains that you know we'll, we'll maybe never know. Although we can maybe guess who was behind the reluctance to spend the money. Um, it then there was very strong rumours it was going to happen uh, when Brendan Rodgers um, first came in, um, but again it just it, it didn't quite it didn't quite happen. But then again, when you look again at the players that were in there at that time, you know Brown Armstrong was coming to the fore um, amongst others. It was just that when it did happen, it was maybe a bit like Mayweather Pacquiao. It just uh, happened too late. I think, so. I think it was just summed up right. It was just it was one of the ones that happened too late. It was, it was always one of the ones. Every transfer window, it seemed McCarthy's name was mentioned more often than not in a transfer window coming to Celtic. But as I think to your part, I think it was your Patrick summed up kind of well. You, you take a chance on some signings. Didn't work. You move on. I appreciate. I don't know what kind of money McCarthy's on. It could be a. It could be a big financially a big gamble if you're if you're paying him off, or you manage to just move him on for a, a, a nominal fee or whatever it is. But like Ross and that said, it, it's. I think it was one where it's get. We need to get a player in. The four-year contract was strange considering his age. There's no doubting the guys got abilities, a really, really good player. He's got plenty, plenty of experience in the English Premier League. It just hasn't worked out. And I think if if he does stay, I'm not I'm not like like I'm not fussed either way. If he moves on, so be it. If he stays, so be it. Because I don't think he would have been happy how, with how much he contributed last season. But it didn't seem to be upsetting anybody in the, the dressing. It wasn't coming out that he was a bad character. <laughs> it, so <laughs> if he does hang around, um, I, I, I've no worries that he's got to sort of be a bag egg, bag egg, bad egg, so to speak. <laughs> I was using for me. Rang so many times, man. Uh, I, so I don't think he'll be a, a bad egg and be be awkward around the dressing room. It could actually be a good influence around the dressing room. So it's one of the ones where. If he stays, so be it. But I think for I wouldn't say I think for, nah, probably not for all parties. Just get him out the door and move him on. It's just I think as well we have he's, he's Scottish, a Celtic fan, a bit like Duffy, probably mm. desperate for to play with Celtic at one point and it's just no work to I mean Duffy's one just couldn't have went any worse than a planned man. But it, it's just one of the ones it's just Sometimes having an affiliation with a club isn't the best thing. He just maybe tries to earn it, just doesn't work out for him. And it's it's just one of the ones. It's it, it's not worked out. If he moves on, then it goes me my best wishes because I wouldn't say I was over the moon when we signed him, but it was a player I thought could do a job for us. Getting it tight tonight, us too. I think it's. Um... It's it's quite oh it's almost ironic that um as a few of the guys have alluded to in the comments that it was sort of signed as a, a stopgap signing and yet we've managed to um drag out that subject for ten minutes as a stopgap because we've not got much to talk about tonight. Absolutely remarkable we've managed to talk about the guy for ten minutes. But yeah, all things, I think Donny Boy summed it up there. He, he loved the dream that we all we all had and it maybe just came a little bit too late in his career, um and just he's maybe not suited particularly to the Ange ball style, shall we say. But I'm sure if he is to be moved on um, in this window or in future windows, he'll look back at his time at Celtic fondly. Uh, he, he, whether people agree with this or not, the fact is he numerically um, played enough of a part 
uh, to get an SPL winners medal in what was such an important year to get it back um, with the Champions League uh, group stage participation as part of the prize. So he'll always have that little bit of history at Celtic as well. So um, yeah. At least us three love you, James. I'm not too sure about uh, I'm not too sure about our captain Stephen in the comments, but you know, it's all about opinions, isn't it? Um, but yeah, here we go. Uh, so moving on, boys, and I'm conscious that it's a Friday night, and I really didn't want to turn this into an episode of news night. But I thought we need to bring that. I wanted to bring this up just on the the back of the sort of PR release of yet another new kit that's been uh, released by Celtic. I'm sure you guys will have seen it now. It's the new third strip, a sort of limey, grey, lime, grey lime sort of ensemble. And um, with, with the trim at the edge is apparently meant to be a, a shrine to the, the, the sort of cantilever construction Aye. outside the stadium. I mean, how they find out these, find, make up these gimmicks to, to try and sell you a new tap every time, I, I really don't know. But somebody's uh, getting paid for it. But I wanted to bring it up on the basis of, the, yet again, we seem to release another top that's going to cost, you know, you know, consumers and, and uh, you know, parents being the, the main protagonist here, upwards of, you know, 50, 60 pounds just for the top alone. For a kit that will be rendered, you know, 10 months from now will be obsolete. They'll be lucky if you wear it two, three times. And I just think, yeah, okay, no, nobody's holding a gun to MD's head to, to buy it. But is there really a need for three new kits a season? I'll go to come to yourself, Franco, with this one first. I, I just think, and I'm again, don't want to turn it into news night, but whilst it comes again in the middle of the you know cost of living crisis that we're in at the moment, it, it does it, it leaves a sour taste for me releasing yet another new kit, um, extortionate new kit for people to have to fork out with. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's just unfortunate the times we're in. It used to be every two, three seasons you got a new kit and it tended to... It, well, sort of every season a new kit came out, but it was more like it went home, away, home, away type thing. It sort of got alternated the years, but now it's just the way the sponsors, the shirt sponsors work is it's three new kits a season. And they're quite clever in the sense that they do it. They don't release them all at once. It's They're staggered, so... It's as as expensive they are. It's not one massive expensive straight off the bat, so to speak. But I think Kaiser makes a good point. Like if you buy the two kits, mm-hmm. why not get even? You maybe can't get the third one away for nothing, but get it at a fairly reduced price. And then even season ticket holders, give give them a wee bit back on the kit or something. Just there's no need for the kit to be sixty five pound for a top for an adult's top. It's absolutely ridiculous pricing for a top. Regardless of a cost of living crisis or anything, it's to pay £65 for a jersey is absolutely horrendous. Um, so obviously, well, when I was at the Norwich game once and I got your wee boy the top on for you, and like even a kid's top and socks was uh, top and shorts was about £70, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's absolutely mad. Like £70 and the wee boy's name not even got the socks. That's yep. mental. Absolute mental. So I think. I, th- I think pricing of football kits, I mean, I think they're tied into the contract with shirt deals that it's free kits a season. It's just the way it is. But I think they really need to look into the pricing of it. Exactly. A- another great point. He's buying on, another Kaiser, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
So I think the club, and I would say for all clubs, obviously I don't know the price of price in other teams kits, but I imagine they'll be much much the same where we're at. I think they really need to look at the pricing that should get there's no get it bring the pricing down. Sixty five pounds should actually get you the full kit. Aye. I mean just the top. Because I can remember when I was at it was you got the full kit Sick. for about fifty pounds. And like you say, Anthony, if you you're a parent, even just one kid and you buy them the free kits, that's like the best part of two hundred and fifty pounds maybe just Straight Imagine away. you've got three bands. I know. All <laughs> and the, 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 the thing is, maybe, well, maybe, I should just... stop, maybe I should stop trying to force me to be a Celtic supporter. That's the thing I, as well. I think um, we need to look at the pricing first. Yeah, you're, you're buying on for a quote, um, with regards to just the, the price, especially in the kids' strips. But the, what, what kind of irks me about it as well, Ross, is the fact that, I mean, perfect, we'll use this perfect example here, Franco kindly picked up the, the new hoops and the new shorts for, for my wee boy for his birthday um, because me and my missus were in at the, the Celtic shop in Livingston that morning um, because he had made the point that he really likes the new black away kit, right? And the folk in the shop alluded to the fact that they've got nothing in a kid's 11 to 12 size and they won't have anything else in until February. Nothing in the superstore either or anywhere else. You can't get it online. And then then they'll give you that. Then they start announcing a new third kit, but they're, they're saying that the, the strips that have came before they can't make any more due to lack of materials. And you're like, well, surely does it not make more sense to just mass produce more of the home and away kit rather than try to waste any more of this apparent shortage of uh, raw materials to make another third kit that the, the, either the team will probably never wear, mm. and B, third kits are, I mean, they don't sell much anyway. Um, I just think it's very, very bizarre. Aye, it's like you say. Just just use just use the materials to make the the, the the two kits. The third kit is for me. It's a nonsense. It's it's mm-hmm. a marketing thing. I've never been a fan of third kits. I understand to an extent. Maybe doing it for in in a case where there's probably been the odd occasion where Celtics away kit is still clashed with like the Hibs kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Hibs, the Hibs home kit in which case you do need that but I mean the whole rele- releasing it and making money out of it for to wear if, if you're lucky once a season I heard somebody saying they suggested that you, you might see them wearing it at Kilmarnock mm-hmm. I don't know about that because well we're, our away kit is black and green and they play in blue and white so even then there's no need for it they yeah. might wear it just just to actually have wore it, but mm. I, I mean the cat itself, it's all right. It just looks like it's been turned inside out. <laughs> uh, it's 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 just it's it's just all right. It, I don't hate it, like John said in the comments there. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but there's no need for it. And yeah. it's, it's well, just you, you a, a look whole at last year when they released the um, when they released the white one with the, the sort of pink and dark green pinstripes, they only wore it once against Real Betis, and then they then had to bring back the previous season, the COVID season's black kit to play Hibs, like you say, um, right. the night when we played the Easter Road, they had to resort back to the, the away top for the year before, so it just, I, I always think that it should, all kits should be a minimum two years, if for no other reason, that when you Definitely. know what it's like, when you watch some of the old um, Sky Sports News, uh, or, you know, the Premier League years, or you watch some of our old footage, and 
the minute you see a specific kit you like that, you can instantly remember which season it, it came out in, and uh, you know it takes you mm-hmm. back to a time. Whereas now it's just a case of, uh, what season was that again? You know you Aye. can't remember it's just because all, it's all get, but they get brought out so often. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I say, for, like, I'm absolutely with you guys. It's um, the the kit itself. It just it exists. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's rubbish. It's just, but it is going to be another. Um, it is going to be yet more needless pressure put on supporters uh, to try and fork out. Now I do accept that there's no nobody's holding a gun to their head, but it's sometimes not quite as simple as that. Sometimes. Yeah, see, um, Brandon's got 13, 13 minutes. He should be buying a telly and no kits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good evening, Frankie boy. Uh, oh, well. But, um, yeah, so if anybody's looking for the black away kit in a size 11 to 12 and they managed to find it, uh, do get in touch because uh, <laughs> I've tried everywhere and uh, no, got, no got a chance. But, uh, so, but moving back to stuff on the pitch, boys, uh, we've obviously got Big game coming up. First away league game of the season uh, tomorrow at Ross County. I'm sure we'd all be buzzing to watch it, uh, as most fans were. But, uh, of course, Sky have decided, yet again, not to show the Celtic game on the telly. And they wonder why uh, fire stick industry is uh, rocketing. Um, <laughs> Sky. <laughs> <laughs> big news is, uh, injury news, sort of, Ross, is Hatati's out. Starfield could feature um, Hatati out as a definitely a blow though, isn't it? Oh, it's a big blow, aye. Um, but again, we've got players that can come in. Uh, I'll let you can who I think will come in when you do the lineups. <laughs> um, uh, Starfield is uh, is he available to play? I, 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 I know he's back in training. I think is he? Aye. Can't see him again. starting. Um, aye, I, I, well, I heard Dan saying the day in his press conference that he was he was in training. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was available, but um, again, if he's back within in the squad and stuff, it's 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 a bonus. Um, but aye, we'll just see what happens. But I'm confident going into the game, as always. <laughs> I think the the sort of the thing is, Ross. I mean, Ross County. Didn't start well last year at all, but they, you know, they certainly came on to um, a game uh, in, in the second half of the season. Uh, Malcolm Mackay is doing a good job up there. There's uh, no two ways about it. But the other big news that there's sort of big debate at the moment: uh, Kyogo or Yakamakis. And I think we've always alluded to the fact that Ange will play the fixture rather than, you know, there's one pit, one guy will be the, the, you know, the preferred pick all the time. Do you, and I know that there is a certain irony considering Kyogo scored uh, up at Dingwall um, after about five, six mm-hmm. minutes uh, in April last year, which pretty much set us on our way to getting that final three points that we knew that we were going to be okay for, for holding on to our league uh, advantage. But do you think this could be um, a potential fixture where Yakimakis could start? Um, oh, is that, who was that know, for? Uh, oh, sorry, that one was for Franco first of all. <laughs> was that <it? laughs> yeah. I, I think it could because it's it's one they want it's a it's a tight ground there might not be a lot of space over the top for Kyogo and stuff so maybe one way just chuck a few crosses in and get Jackamarcus on the end of them so without getting my team away I think it is maybe a game for Jackamarcus tomorrow. 
Yeah, I, I, I actually think it could be uh, as well, but because I think, and yeah, as Paul Dyett's saying, it potentially could be a chance for Abada um, to feature as well. I think this rotation, rotation, rotation is going to be the the way it goes this season, Ross. I think we two cup competitions, the league campaign and the Champions League, I think it's not going to be very often that you're going to see the same 11 um, sort of week to week. I would agree with that. Uh, and I think that's why you'll get people saying that the Celtic haven't strengthened in the, the summer window so far. But again, I said it earlier, Ange is he strengthened the squad. And in terms of, when I say the squad... Like you've said, it's going to be rotation. So it is the squad, but it's the starting eleven as well, if you like, because it's going to be not well. It's going to be a different starting eleven most matches. I would say it's going to be Chapman changing, but I say Chapman changing, but the spine of the team will remain almost all the time. Obviously, Bar, Jackamacus, and Kyogo, which you would expect to change, but that's uh, once everybody's fit and it's settled in. The goalkeeper will be, I would imagine, Joe Hart. The two centre-halves will be Carter Vickers and whoever can stake a claim, whether it be Welsh, Starfelt or Jens. I think Julian will be away before the window closes. And obviously your captain will be in there in the middle of the park in, in one of the roles, whatever that. It'll mostly be the six, but I think he, he, he could probably, again, without giving my team away, I think he could move up one every now and again, depending on who's available. Um, but I can't imagine what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just seen Stephen in the comments there saying, "Will Starfield go straight back into the team?" I would be very surprised, Franco, uh, personally, just by the fact we sort of seen what happened at Tynecastle last year when we threw him in when he wasn't quite full up to speed, and he did sort of. Get ragdolled about. He's obviously more than aware of the Scottish game now, but for no other reason that I do think Stephen Welsh and Carter Vickers, Stephen Welsh especially, obviously with the fact that you would imagine it would be him that would be sacrificed um, if you were to bring him back in. I think his performance last week and kind of throughout pre-season, to be fair, I don't really think there's a case to take him out straight away until Starfelt's right back up to speed. I'd be surprised if Starfield comes straight in as well because Dino got sent off up there last season as well. <laughs> and the, the Ralston goal. But I would be surprised if he comes in consider if it was at home, you could maybe make a better argument for it. But I think I think Welsh will keep his place as well. Just like you said, he's had a good pre-season, gets off to a fly in the league campaign. So it would, it would be very harsh for, for Stephen Welsh to, to lose his place. Yeah, the more of it, we just didn't know where it half the time. But I think, no, you know, I, I, I think I've gave away at least one of my players. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I would agree, mate. So, uh, Ross, I know you're itching to tell us what your team's going to be uh, for tomorrow. <laughs> so, without further ado, take it away. What's your uh, score line uh, and line up predictions for tomorrow? I've been sort of skirting round about that there, trying to like, <laughs> no. give, give my thoughts without giving my team away. That didn't really work. <laughs> um, I, well, I think it'll be Joe Hart and goals. I think it'll be uh, Carter Vickers and Welsh. For me, I don't think he's going to be the first choice long term, but I think at the moment it'll be him purely because 
I don't know if Jens or Jens is up to speed and Starfelt I don't think it's quite quite there yet, eh, fitness wise. I think we'll see I think we'll probably go Ralston. He went Ralston at Dingwall last season. I think he'll probably might go him again. Um I think he'll stick with Taylor on the left. Uh, midfield because Hattati's out, I think I would probably start Aaron Moy in the six uh, and push McGregor up to the eight and go with O'Reilly uh, further up again. And then my front three, I'm going to go... I'm going to stick with the same front three. I'm going to go Maeda, Jota and Kyogo to start with Giacomacus coming on and Maeda and Jota swapping sides as they did uh, throughout the game on Sunday. And your scoreline? Um, I'm going to go 3-1 to Celtic. You won. We'll take that all day long. What about yourself, Franco? You're in the hot seat. What's your team? Uh, Joe Hart and goals. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep Juranovic at right back and I th- I'm agreeing with Ross. I think Taylor st- keeps, keeps his position at left back as well. Um, centre halves, Welsh and Carter Vickers. I don't think it'd be fair in Welsh to, to drop outs. Um, my midfield three, I'm going to keep Carl McGregor in there. I think Tumble will come in and then play O'Reilly uh, there. And the only change I, I think he'll make in the front three is Jackamacus for Kyogo. So my front three will be Jota, Jackamacus, and Maeda. But like Ross said, probably Maeda and Jota swapping ones just at, at their freedom, just win. When they can be bothered, and I'm going to go for it. I'm with Alistair here. I think it'll be a 3 0 victory. 3 0. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take that all day long as well. I kind of started my. I would have been Joe Hart and goals. I, you think, oh, I actually kept Juranovic in, Welsh and Carter Vickers and Gregory at left back <laughs> uh, at the moment. I think Bernabeu's debut uh, will probably be a home match, I would imagine, just with the sort of. Mm-hmm attacking elements to his game. I think the tight pitch up at Dingwall and, you know, that kind of physicality, I think Taylor would probably be best suited. Mm-hmm. Um, I did middle of the park, McGregor, O'Reilly and Turnbull. And I did also have Jota and Maeda each side. But I thought purely with the fact that I was bringing Turnbull in, who's, a, again, a bit more of a mm-hmm. you know technical player, I was sticking by Georges up front to start rather than Kyogo, just to give that wee bit of extra physicality through the spine of the team. Um, but all good teams, boys, and hopefully um, whoever, the first 11 are, they get the business done. And um, I'll take a hassle-free 2-0. <laughs> We've got fingers crossed. Um, does he? Absolutely does. It's going to be weird, Celtic away from home on a Saturday at 3 o'clock, uh, Ross. But I'm sure... By hook or by crook, we'll find a way watching the game somehow. Oh, I'll bloody find a way. You better believe it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, superb. Well, to be fair, boys, I don't know how we've managed to get a 45-minute show out of that uh, with a small matter of subjects been on all week. Maybe it's better when we have to play qualifiers because then we've got some more stuff to talk about on the Friday night show. Um, we might have got so, yeah, 50 minutes out. If I remembered what I was trying to say half the time. <laughs> <laughs> but this is probably going to give us enough time to uh, get ourselves a fresh cold one and get all set up for uh, for the Boise bus starting at nine. Uh, but, Franco, first one back after the holidays, you enjoyed this one? Ah, it was good just for a wee, a wee chewing the fat about the football and that. 
buzzing for the morrow. Probably have to sit and watch it on the laptop somehow. We Wednesday my nothing so. But can we'll see the game. if you want, kid. There we go. I've got an empty. Well, that's, <laughs> it's gone that's empty. He's well, got an empty for a few hours. Ross has already <laughs> confirmed that he's got the game through a non-illegal stream. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. What about yourself, Roscoe? After a busy day when I seen you at work today, my man, yeah. <laughs> Enjoyed this one tonight? Aye, aye, very much so, as always. Eh, love coming on and talking about Celtic. Love seeing all the boys commenting. Good bit of banter. Donny boy likes a good rip at me. Ah, it's, all, <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all good fun. Eh, bring it on, love it. Absolutely. And there you go, you've just got another guest for the morning as well. <laughs> eh, John's heading down. I thought he's normally out of town over the weekend. I, I thought know. he's normally away with aye. his good lady, but there you so go. That's it. I thought. How is you know on the night then, John? If uh, if you're free tomorrow as well. But uh, half the commenters will turn up if somebody puts my address in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. You're you're not having a party. You're getting a party. <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's it, boys. Uh, pretty much rounded off for tonight. Just wanted to say a big thanks again to everybody who's joined in in the show. And um, you know, commented and, and left their thoughts and views. We we really sort of we appreciate everything uh, that you do to, to help our show. And don't forget to spread the <laughs> word and uh, sort of you try and advise your pals to become uh, YouTube members and subscribe to the show. Oh, there's That's Paul, just our latest member. Well, well done. done. Your little, uh, your little four leaf clover emoji will be coming next to your name <laughs> soon, uh, my man. So thanks very much, and uh, it's you. it's absolutely great. And just. To bring up another thing that's along the um, the, the screen at the moment is um, you see there's a few graphics there for some helplines. If anyone's you know feeling that there's maybe something not quite right or they feel that they need to speak to somebody, um, you can phone any of these numbers um, in confidence and um, you know or reach out to us as well. We're only ever too happy to help. A lot of the comments we, we receive sometimes uh, can be really you know it's amazing to hear that we're we, we if, us talking shit about Celtic can. Uh, help make somebody's day that little bit better then um, yeah it's something that we feel very privileged to do but like I say folks if anyone's just feeling that something's not quite right get in touch with any of the numbers on the screen uh, as well and um, let's end the stigma uh, mental health and uh, that brings the show this short but sweet show uh, to an evening folks so you've got the rest of the Friday night to yourself so either get tuned in on the Boise bus or whatever else she's got up to but here's something for a good result for Celtic over the weekend and we'll be back here with the usual show on Monday night 8pm with all the reaction uh, to Saturday's encounter in Dingwall and uh, all it is for me to say because Stephen's not around is stay well and keep safe hail hail